Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 651. Don't do what the other guys are doing. Always try to think of something of your own and be original. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jump start a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jump start any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Pete Byro. Pete, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. Great to have you here. Pete Byro is a photographer and a journalist whose career started when Road & Track Magazine asked him to supply them with a story on the Barnison Special, a custom-made sports car. The iconic David E. Davis Jr. discovered Pete's work and gave him assignments for Car and Driver magazine. Pete and David traveled the world covering races including Le Mans, Grand Prix, and most major races, and Pete also shot for Sports Illustrated. He met and became friends with many of the great drivers including Dan Gurney, Phil Hill, McLaren, Bruce McLaren, Denny Hume, Jackie Stewart, A.J. Foyt, Richard Petty, and many, many others. He worked for Dan Gurney as a public relations guy during the time Bobby Unser won the Indy 500. His latest endeavor, though, is supplying photos for a new book titled Can-Am 50th Anniversary, collaborating with author George Levy, who will be a guest on the show tomorrow. One lucky Cars Yes subscriber is going to win a copy of this fantastic book, and I'll tell you, I have my own copy. You're going to want this thing, so stay tuned to learn how to be eligible to win. It's going to be compliments of Pete and George today, so very nice. So, Pete, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles? Well, I started out as a very young kid living next door to a gas station, and next to that gas station was a little garage, and there were a bunch of race cars in there, and they were midgets. Um, a lot of pretty well-known guys drove them, and I ended up putting names and numbers on the cars. That was my first thing. I was a sign painter as a teenager, and I painted signs on trucks and windows, and I ended up painting numbers and names on race cars. Oh, cool. As a matter of fact, there was a crazy uh, situation once where I had a photograph of a car for A.J. Foyt, and it showed up without being painted with numbers. So I got some brushes and some paint back at Daytona and lettered all the car numbers and names and sponsor names and all that right on the car. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, and then Floyd came walking up. Apparently, I didn't know this. He was standing behind me, and finally, he, was, he turned to some guy and says, I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't ever get any pictures of it. That would have been kind of fun. Uh, yeah, I think so. Wow. And uh, anyway, my sign painting led me into commercial art. I studied lettering for reproduction. This is before computers did all the typesetting. Yeah. At the same time, my hobby was taking pictures at races. And one day, an advertising agency guy asked me if I knew anybody that could take some photos of some race cars. And I told him I know somebody. I didn't tell him it was me. I went home, <laughs> got some pictures, <laughs> threw them on his desk the next day. And he said, this is perfect. Who shot these pictures? <laughs> I said, you're looking at them. No, no, I mean, who's the photographer that took these pictures? And I pointed at myself. Me? He says, come on. Yeah. You did this? I said, yeah. <laughs> Pack your bags. You're going to Daytona. Wow. So that started my non-magazine career, shooting advertising photographs for people like Goodyear, which I shot for almost 30 years. Oh, my gosh. I did stuff for Chevrolet and Ford and Chrysler. So I, wow. I ended up uh, doing pretty good in that aspect. I mentioned to uh, Pete when we were doing a little pre-show chat, I, I kind of think of him as that Johnny Cash song, I've Been Everywhere, Man, because you have been everywhere. Yeah, I used to spend over 220 days a year on the road. Man. Yeah, it was pretty, it was kind of tough on the family life, but uh, I survived. Wow. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about you. We're going to learn a lot more about this book as we go through the questions. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life. It's a great way to get those inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Pete, take the wheel. What's success? Well, I think the fact that my stuff was published, I felt excited about that. And the real success, other than advertising work, was finally getting assigned by Sports Illustrated. I covered football, some baseball, and motorsports for Sports Illustrated for a few years. Wow. Wow. That must yeah. have been really cool. Yeah. I worked as an assistant in the beginning for Neil Leifer. He's most famous for that picture of Muhammad Ali with his fist, you know, looking down at the fighter. Oh, yeah. And working with Neil turned me on to a style of shooting, and that was don't do what the other guys are doing. Mm. Always try to think of something of your own and be original. And uh, my late father-in-law was a very fine artist, did magazine illustrations in the 20s and 30s, but he always preached, don't ever do anything the same twice. Mm. And that's really, in the creative field, that's a big number. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great advice. Wonderful quote for someone in the creative field. And yeah, always trying to find that niche. Do something a little different. Give the viewer a different perspective. And as I look through the pictures in this book, you did exactly that because there's a lot of great shots of not only cars that you would see on the track, but people, people with cars, parts of people, people's driver's hands with tape wrapped around their knuckles and things. Definitely you uh, followed that lead and practiced that in your profession for sure. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you were a kid and growing up that you realized, oh my gosh, I'm a car guy? Obviously, living next to a gas station didn't hurt. Well, I was in the Army during the Korean War. Luckily, I was in Germany, and I saw a sports car. I'd never seen one before. When I got home, I had to buy one. I just felt like that was the way I wanted to go, and I found an MGTD uh -huh. that had a Judson blower on it. 
and you could keep up with the Jaguars. <laughs> that was it. I, I went through that, and then I got a couple of Triumphs, and I, lo- I loved uh, the Corvair. I had a Corvair for a while, uh-huh. and then I bought a Camaro. I bought a blue Camaro because that looked like the one Mark Donahue was driving for oh. Penske. And oh, yeah. I decided... And that was the one I really had to have. Yeah, absolutely. Biggest mistake I made. A friend of mine was broke, and he needed 7000 bucks to pay off a debt. And he said he would give me a Mercedes Gullwing for it. Oh. Yeah. And I sort of scratched my head, and I said to myself, the only trouble with that is I don't know anybody that could maintain it. Mm. By the time I thought about it, he found somebody else and sold it. Yeah, well, <laughs> we won't even go down that road, although I will have, no. a, I will have a story later on. Or a question for you later on about seller's remorse. But uh, yeah, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I mean, who'd have thought cars would do what they're doing? And of course, those cars being multi-million dollar cars now. It's a long time to hang on to a car and hope that that money uh, turned into yeah, that I mean, kind of Yeah, a lot of, of guys didn't know that it was going to go up. Of course not. None of us knew that. Well, Pete, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. And, of course, the most important part of this question has to do with what did it teach you so that you can move forward and continue to be successful? Well, I think anybody that wants to be successful at something has to be passionate and have a real passion for it. Mm -hmm. I used to get asked a question by a lot of young guys, how do you become a photographer? And I'd look at them and I'd say, where's your camera? Mm. You, you you live with a camera on you. You're never without it, you know, and you see things. And since I started out in the art field, I learned composition and lighting and, you know, what, what looks good, whether it's a painting or a photograph. Mm-hmm. That's something I always thought was important to try sure. to make a good picture, not just take pictures. You know, there's one in the Can-Am book of Mark Donahue looking up at me and all the photographers are on one side and I'm behind them all. Mm. I climbed up on a ladder and I yelled out, Mark, and he looked up and I got the shot. (laughs) Nobody else ever thought of doing that. It was like the reverse of what normal shooters do. Right. Now, with with a career in photography, there's a lot of people that you're competing with and so forth. So was there a big challenge along the way in your career that you you found yourself constantly struggling with uh, that you had to overcome? Somebody said, well, why don't they use this guy? And somebody said, well, you couldn't take him out to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I used to socialize, and my hobby at the time was close-up magic. And I'd go out with the client, I'd do a few card tricks and get a few laughs, and they, you know, kind of enjoyed it. And a couple of times, they would hire me to come in and entertain customers. Ah, okay. I had two weapons, you know, my ability as a photographer and my ability to have fun with the clients. So would you say the challenge in being competitive in photography had to do with how you created relationships with people and how you stood out as different? Yeah, relationships are the most important. Sure. I just don't think you can be in any business, whether it's art or photography, without being a nice person and having people that hire you like you and um, want to be you know have you do the work for them exactly well let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum is there a a story where you can share kind of a career aha moment it's one of those times where you realize ah this is the path i need to take in my career to be successful maybe you could share that with us well i can't think of any one instance uh other than um Getting the job done on time. A lot of, I remember one time 
I didn't cover a particular race, and the client says, we got to have a picture of Foyt winning that race, and I never, I wasn't there. So I called a photographer friend of mine. He said, yeah, I got that shot. Well, I'll get it for you. A couple, three days go by. He hasn't sent it yet. We called him back. Oh, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. And a week went by. Still, it didn't get there. So the client turned to me, have you got a picture we can use that maybe looks like he was at that race? <laughs> oh, so I, I ended up with a full-page photo in uh, Wall Street Journal of A.J. Foyt. It's just a big shot of his face. and It, it just have to be on time. And uh, I know uh, one time I was doing a series of shots in Atlanta at the runoffs, the old sports car runoffs, and every night I had to go to the airport. It took about two hours, put the film on a plane, and get it to the client on time. Then another time I was covering um, the first race at Pocono for Indy cars, and Sports Illustrated said, we'll send a helicopter out to pick you up and get the film back on time. And I said, well, when does it need to be in New York? He says, before midnight on Sunday. And I said, where does the helicopter land? He said, on the roof of the building. <laughs> I said, I'll, I'll bring it. I'll drive. I'll be, I'll get there. <laughs> on the roof of the building. <laughs> wow. I did, yeah. So I jumped in a rent car and flat out drove back to New York from Pennsylvania. Oh my gosh. Beat the deadline. Well, gosh, things are certainly easier nowadays with uh, electronic oh, yeah. digital. My gosh, yeah, you can uh, do all sorts of things so much faster. Oh, yeah. Think of the time you could have saved. Well, well, how about Prada's career moments? I would assume you've had many. You've been involved in so many different things. You've been around, been with so many great people. But is there one that stands out for you? Well, spending three days at the ranch with A.J. Foyt, taking pictures of him. That was more than fun. Oh, wow. And it was a big story in Sports Illustrated. Oh, my gosh. Wow. When was this? What year? You got me. I have a terrible <laughs> memory for years. I couldn't tell you. I was always worried about getting called to be a witness in a trial because I can never remember a year or dates. <laughs> it's been that way forever. It's not Alzheimer's kicking in. I've been that way from the beginning. The only thing I do remember, when I was 27 years old, I got polio. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't work the drawing board anymore, and so that's when I switched to photography. Mm -hmm. It's a blessing in disguise. Oh, my gosh. Well, gosh, getting to spend some time with the great A.J. Foyt, give us a little glimpse of what that was like to spend three days with him shooting pictures of him. Well, I'll back it up. Before I ever went to Indianapolis, there was a bartender next to the building I worked in, and I went in there and I was chatting with him one time, and he was a race fan, and I says, I'm finally going to go to Indianapolis. He says, well, if you get back there, Say hello to A.J. Foyt for me. So I was all excited. Went back to Indy, and I knocked on the garage door, and the door opened, and it was Foyt. Hmm? And I said, uh, hey, Mr. Foyt, uh, Mr. So-and-so would like me to say hello to you. And he did an expletive and slammed the door in my face. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, well, yeah. then he was the challenge we all have heard about, I guess, is the right. way to respond yeah, to but that. When I was with him away from the racetrack, he was a perfect gentleman, made sure everything was cool, took me to his house, fed me. Anything I wanted to do, he would do. And At one point, he had some bulls in a field. And I said, is there any way we can get a photo with you and a bull? And he said, well, sure, come on. So we walked out toward the bulls, and then he stopped, and he started looking nervous. And I said, Tex, I've never seen you look nervous before. What's wrong? He said, if you knew what one of these bulls could do to you, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. You turn around and ran. <laughs> I understand. When I was a kid, I visited my grandpa's farm. I grew up in Southern California, but he was a Texas farmer, rancher. And uh -huh. 
my cousin Thad said, hey, you ever pet a bull? And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, we got a bull out here. You can just walk right up and pet him on the nose. He's really nice. <laughs> well, he wasn't. <laughs> I never Good ran luck. so fast in my life. Yeah, it's like petting a snake. No, that bull, <laughs> I, that's how much of a city slicker I was. That bull had, did not want to have anything to do with me, absolutely, other than try to kill me, I think so. Yeah. Well, here's another funny fight story. Uh-huh. I got a call from Goodyear to fly to San Angelo, Texas and do a photo shoot of Foyt driving on a special new tire they were going to introduce. And the idea was Foyt had to drive 150 miles an hour for 150 miles. And it's a big circle track. And there's, you know, you could almost take your hands off the wheel and the car would drive itself. So anyway, Foyt's driving and driving, and then all of a sudden he pulls in for gas, and he jumps out of the car and says to one of the mechanics, you take over, this is boring. And the agency guy, oh, no, you, you know, we have to be honest. You have to drive the car. And Foyt said, no way. And he said to me, come on. And one of the mechanics, and we jumped in a rental car, and we started driving around in the middle of this area in Texas full of snakes and rabbits and, you know, cactus bushes. And we're just running over bushes and driving around like fools. And finally the mechanic pulls out a gun, and he starts shooting a rabbit. And I'm sitting in the back seat. Wondering what am I doing here? What's going on? So anyway, we finally stopped and got back, and he got into, about to get in the car, and he said to me, he says, "See that yellow line on the track?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "Well, after a couple of laps, you just go up and stand right on that yellow line. You'll get some really good close-up pictures." Oh, so I said, "Okay." So I go up on the yellow line. He goes by. The next lap, he slides sideways, loses it, spins around the other side of me. Oh my gosh! At 150 miles an hour, <laughs> yeah. I figured, just don't move. <laughs> don't move. And that's all you can do. Just hope he misses yeah. you. Yeah, don't so move. So anyway, he goes by, and I turn around, and it was a film crew, and they were all running. <laughs> running, <laughs> yeah, running for their lives. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Well, let's have a little bit more fun here, which uh, obviously you've had a lot of fun in your career, but I'd love for you to go back and talk about your first really special car and share a memory you have with that vehicle. Well, it was my first car. Actually, it was my second car. My first car was a 32 Ford. And about a week after I got it, I got drafted into the Army. Mm -hmm. While I was gone, my father sold it. So I came home and bought the MG. Mm -hmm. And uh, the MG was great fun, and it introduced me into sports cars and sports car racing. Oh, yeah. Then years later, I'd forgotten about this. A friend of mine came over from England, and he brought a right-hand drive Mercedes station wagon. And it was a custom-built station wagon on mm -hmm. a Mercedes body. It was a 230S. And I bought that from him. But I spent about $14,000 restoring it. And I really loved it. And I loved a right-hand driving car, even here in the States, because, you know, you pull up to the curb, you get out here at the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I was a little kid, my dad had a 1947 MGTC. And I was five or six years old. It was right-hand drive. And I remember sitting on the other side and People would pull up and look down at me like, what are you doing driving, kid? And I'd laugh, and you know, he'd laugh, and uh, great fun. So those were awesome cars. Your, yours was a TD, right? Yeah. My uh, Mercedes right-hand steering was, I had a dog sitting in the front seat. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Another time I was on a long trip, and my wife was sitting sideways in the left front seat. <laughs> All of a sudden, the highway patrol light, red light comes on behind me and pulls me over. And I get out, and I walk back. And I don't want to talk to the driver. I said, I am the driver. He said, no, the driver of the car. I said, look, 
And the guy looks in and sees the steering wheel on the right-hand side and apologizes and left. Rolls his eyes and walks away. Very fun. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that, other than that Mercedes that you almost bought, the Gullwing, but is there one that got away that you wish you still had? Oh, yeah, there's a bad one. I had, like mentioned, the blue Camaro. Yes. And a friend of mine's kid was uh, trying to go to college, and he says he'd like to go to college, but he can't do it without a car. And I had another car, and I said, I'll tell you what, I'll sell you my Camaro for five bucks under the condition that when you finish school, you sell it back to me for five bucks. So he <laughs> says, okay, and so he leaves with the car. So about six months later, I saw him. How's it going? He said, I dropped out of school. Well, where's the car? He said, I sold it. Oh, my gosh. And I wanted to kill him, but I couldn't. I mean, I really would like to have kept that car. Yeah, so much for the Pete Biro rental car program. Didn't quite work yeah, out the right yeah. way. Oh, my gosh, that's terrible. Well, we'll move, we'll move on. I don't want to drum up yeah. too much of that painful memory. Well, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about this book. And I want to first tell our audience, this book is titled Can-Am, 50th Anniversary, Flat Out with North America's Greatest Race Series. Covers 1966 and 1974. This thing's 12 inches by 10 inches. It's about an inch thick, 256 pages. I mean, this thing is, it's bulky. It's heavy. It's got awesome stuff. And all the greats are in there. We've mentioned some of them. Dan Gurney, Mario Andretti, Jim Hall, Sam Posey, Surtees, Donahue, Penske, Denny Hume, Bruce McLean. I mean, they're all there. The photographs just take you back in time, and, and they're so fun and unique. So tell me a little bit about why you got involved in this project and uh, what it means to you. Well, I started sorting out and trying to file my photographs, and I had never filed things properly. I'm the worst guy in the world at trying to put stuff away. And I fiddled around, and I had a lot of face headshots, so I did a little cheap there's sort of a self-published little book called Racer's Faces, mm -hmm. and it was strictly headshots, and I sold it on Amazon, and it's still there. But uh, then I started to find some Can-Am stuff, and, I, and, my, and probably my favorite cars were the Can-Am cars because I traveled. Luckily, I got the sign, and I, was, I went to nearly every Can-Am race, and uh, I started laying out a book called Can-Am, just, you know, my pictures. Mm -hmm. I was just going to self-publish just a little 8.5 by 11, 30 or 40 page book. And I decided I had a good amount of pictures, maybe more than for a little book. And so I contacted a friend of mine who had several books published by Motor Books, and he says, give them a call. And they were interested, but they said, we really need words to go with it. And so we, I, you know, I honestly don't remember how we got connected with George, whether they suggest him or a friend of mine. And I got a hold of George, and he was ready to go. He said, yeah, he'd like to do it. So we spent about a year going through, interviewing people, calling photos, selecting photos, and putting it all together. Finally, it's, it exists. We ended up with what I feel was a wonderful thing for me personally to see a hardcover book that, you know, is being successful. As a matter of fact, it's selling out. You know, I mean, uh, what can you ask for, you know? Bravo. You guys did an awesome job. I know the Ford's by Pete Lyons, who's been a guest here on Cars, yeah, and just fantastic book, great effort. I would encourage any listener out there that loves racing, especially Can-Am, of course, which 
awesome series. Uh, this The holidays are coming up. Get your hands on this book. And like I mentioned at the beginning, one lucky Cars Yeah subscriber is going to win a copy of this book. So uh, just go to the Cars Yeah website, subscribe by clicking on the free book button. I'll send you my free filler up book that's an ebook that you'll get and your name will be in the hat and we'll draw a name and give away a book so very cool now pete here's a very introspective question for you if pete was a car what kind of car would pete be and why what would i be well um probably a four-wheel drive mercedes oh okay because i i spent 20 years covering races in baja on the dirt and i i went through about four jeeps <laughs> and I still have one. It's got almost three hundred thousand miles on it. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. I mean, you you were in Europe. You're in North America. You're in Canada. You're down in Baja. You were everywhere. Well, the work was everywhere. If you yeah. sat in your own hometown the whole time, you probably wouldn't get much work. No, you wouldn't be able to, to shoot many many things. And again, I never thought about the money. I mean, it's, a lot of guys worry about how much they're going to get paid, and I was more interested in getting, doing a fun job and having a good time doing it and coming up with something different and something new and having people appreciate the work. Well, you discovered the secret to life, and that is uh, find your passion and figure out a way to make a little money or a lot of money or some money doing what you love, and that's exactly what you did. So perfect, perfect way to go through life. Well, Pete, up next is the is the last lap but before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's cars yeah sponsors everyone who knows me knows i'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new i'm a huge fan of covercraft floor mats i've protected my vehicle with their products for decades want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new it's easy with covercraft floor mats they will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse weather pets children weekend adventures and those everyday spills it's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Pete, we're entering the last lap. You know what that means. The white flag is out. Time to get every last shot you can take. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Change the oil every 3,000 miles. <laughs> yeah, pretty basic, pretty simple, but that'll keep your car happy and alive. I blew an, I blew an engine one time because I never got <laughs> Ah, you learned the hard way. Okay, yeah. very good. Well, listen to the master here. Uh, change that oil. 
Now, how about a personal habit? Do you have a personal habit that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Oh, yeah. I mean, get, don't give up. Don't give up. <laughs> don't give up. There you go. Those are the words of every racer I've had as a guest here. So I think being around all those racers has definitely rubbed off on you. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources these days. Is there one in particular that you really enjoy? Uh, the Internet. The Yeah, pretty simple, yeah. pretty basic. I can send pictures, and I can receive pictures, and I can ask questions. I can... I'm working on another book, which is a 50-year history of all my races, every kind of car. And I'll find a picture, and I say, I wonder where that was or who the driver was. And I just go online, and I find it. So it's a great resource. It's incredible what we can do now. Here we are sitting uh, miles apart from each other and having a conversation like we're sitting in a living room, sharing it with the world. Pretty spectacular what can happen these days. All it's missing is a little wine. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I'll, uh, next time we talk, I'll pour a glass and you can pour a glass as well. And we'll, we'll enjoy a little bit of wine while we talk. Now, how about a book? Other than your book, The Can Am 50th Anniversary, is there another book that you might recommend for our listeners that you've enjoyed reading? Yeah, the Peter Manso book on Jackie Stewart. That was as inside as you can get. Uh, the other one is the one of Mark Donahue, Unfair Advantage. Ah, Unfair Advantage, yes. Yeah, both Yeah, that great was books. a good book, too. Uh-huh. Not really much of a book guy. My wife reads books, like, constantly, but I look at the pictures. <laughs> I understand. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources that Pete's been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash Pete Biro. His last name is B-I-R-O. And there's a, another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where Pete's book, this new book about Can-Am, and all the past 650 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. Great resource if you love books. All right, Pete, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost, I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. Christmas is coming, so I'm that kind of guy. What would that vehicle be and why? A Goldwing 300 SL. Mercedes. There's that car again. <laughs> I, well, I, I think it's the most perfectly designed car just for the look, yeah. the body style. and It's it's clean, it's simple, and it's just beautiful. Oh, yeah, it is, absolutely. Have you ever had the pleasure of driving one of those? Nope, I wish I had. Gosh. I drove a Ferrari once. <laughs> yeah, well, we got to find a listener out there that lives near you and uh, come over and take you for a ride and let you drive that thing. Uh, but since I'm buying you one, it doesn't matter, so what color would you like? Silver. All silver. German cars should be silver. Of course, silver. All right. Well, I'll get searching for one of those for you. Man, it's going to cost me a pretty penny. I'm going to have to uh, spend all my Christmas savings on you this year. But that's okay, <clears throat> Pete. I'd be happy to deliver a going to your doorstep. Wouldn't that be fun? You've taken me on an awesome ride today, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you in this new book. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey, which has been incredible with the listeners here at Cars yeah. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 300 SL Mercedes Gullwing? Yeah, love your neighbors. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if everybody yeah. did that? Ah, wonderful words of wisdom from a very wise guy who's been around the planet and knows what that means. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you in this new book of yours? I haven't figured that out yet. I, uh... <laughs> Well, I think that the answer then would be listen to him on Cars Yeah, which of course you've, you've done here. And, uh, 
What I'll do is I'll make sure that uh, obviously motor books and the link to get your hands on this book are listed on your show notes page. That would be a good start, don't you think? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to everything Pete has shared today on his show notes page at carsyad.com slash Pete Byro. And again, one lucky Cars Yeah subscriber is going to win a copy of this book, Compliments of Pete and George. Thank you for doing that. Just go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, your name will be in the hat, and I will draw one lucky winner and we'll ship that book out to you. Thank you for doing that, Pete. It's very kind of you. And I want to thank you for being very generous today with your time and expertise and for calling in and sharing your life experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Yeah, thanks for uh, calling me and thanks for uh, letting me blurb out whatever I feel like saying. <laughs> You're welcome. It's been, been great to have you here. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!